Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. We're in a series of messages that you really put together. We've entitled it Asking for a Friend, and you gave us 192 questions. We kind of grouped them together. And last week, we began talking about the questions that had to do with the Holy Spirit. And so today, I want to be answering a few questions. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is the gift of tongues? Do I have to speak in tongues? And I've kind of entitled this message, 10 Blessings of Speaking in Other Tongues. And I know in the church world, it's a very, very controversial issue. Um, but if you look at your Bible, it's not controversial at all. Right? Uh, it, the Bible is very, very clear. So I want to kind of take a little bit of review because I know that not everybody is here every week. And then we're going to get in some stuff that we have not talked about. And there is so much on this subject. I, I said to my assistant, Diane, I said this morning, I said, I could preach on this and not say the same thing once for the rest of the summer. There's just so much on this subject. So Matthew chapter 3, we're going to begin, verse 11. They've come to John the Baptist. They ask him, like, who are you? And he said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose sandal I'm not worthy to carry. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we're going to be talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And John the Baptist, when when he identifies Jesus' ministry, he said, this is the number one thing about Jesus, all right, is he's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to think about this. This is not just Jesus' earthly ministry. In fact, this really is his permanent ministry. Jesus has a present-day ministry. Jesus' ministry is not done. The Bible tells us that he is ever living to make intercession for us and that he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus arose from the dead, you find this in John chapter 20, verse 21. He said to them, peace to you. He says, as the father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, did they receive the Holy Spirit? Go like this. (laughs) Universally, everywhere, this means yes, okay? So Jesus breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. And and, uh, while we're at this spot right here, um, breathing on a person is a way to release the anointing of God or the Holy Spirit. I've had people say, why do you do that? Because Jesus did that. That's why. But it is literally a way to release the anointing. So in Acts chapter 1, Jesus has risen from the dead. Um, And it tells us his conversation that he had with his disciples. In the second verse, it says, until the day he was taken up, after through the Holy Spirit he had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, 
being seen by them during 40 days and speaking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, most of the church today is not focused on the kingdom of God, but that's what Jesus focused on. Literally, he shows up and this is what Jesus said, repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here, it's available, it's for you, it's now, right? We tend to think we want to go. We want to go to the kingdom. We want to go to heaven, right? But Jesus wants heaven to come to you. He wants the kingdom to come to you. We pray your kingdom come. Most of us, our whole focus is let's go there. Let's get there. Let's go to heaven. But what Jesus wants is heaven in you. So he spends 40 days talking to the disciples about the kingdom of God. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you'll be baptized in the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Right. So as Jesus is talking about the kingdom, he says, look, do not leave the city limits, right? Because you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, my question is, do they already have the Holy Spirit? Yes. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But he said, hey, there's something else for you. He said, there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit that I want you to receive, right? Then he said to them in the eighth verse, but you will receive power. The Greek word is the word dunamis. We get our word dynamite from it. After, right, the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses unto me, right? Now, remember in John chapter 20, Jesus said, like the Father sent me, I am sending you. He wasn't just talking to those 12 disciples that were there. He was talking to you and to me, right? You and I, the Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you're an ambassador for the kingdom of God, right? And he wants you to be equipped. He said, don't leave the city limits without being empowered, right? And it's an empowerment, listen, to be a witness. When you are saved, you receive the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit, his main work then is, it's about you, Right? But when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, it is to empower you to be a witness for Jesus and to literally demonstrate the kingdom of God. So let's take a look at a couple of instances where people receive the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to talk about the blessings when, all right, of speaking in tongues. Now, in Acts chapter 19 and verse 1, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and he finds some disciples. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, since you believe, because when you believe, you automatically receive, right? But Jesus told us we need to ask for the Holy Spirit, right? So he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? That's a great question to ask yourself, anybody else. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? They said, we haven't even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And I remember years ago, reading that and thinking, they went to my church. Because in our church, we didn't hardly know there was a Holy Spirit at all, except that we repeated the Apostles' Creed. And in 20 years, that's the only time I ever heard anything, but he say anything about the Holy Spirit. Right? So he explains to them about John's baptism and about Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And when Paul had laid his hands on them, they received, the, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Right? So they were water baptized. He laid hands on them. Now, it is not the only way to receive the Holy Spirit, but it is a biblical way to receive the Holy Spirit, to have hands laid on you. He laid his hands on them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. So first they believe, they're water baptized, then he lays hands on them, and they speak with tongues and prophesy. One more example, and then we're going to look at the benefits, the blessings of speaking in tongues. In Acts chapter 8, it says that Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ to them. And the people with one accord gave heed to the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed with them. Many who were taken with the palsy and who were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Verse 12. And when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So he's preaching the kingdom. He's preaching the name of Jesus. They believe and they're baptized. Of course, Mark 16 says, if you believe and baptize, you're saved. All right? Verse 14. Now, when the apostles who are at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John to pray for them. All right? When they come down, they pray for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, they've already been believed. They've already been baptized in water. But the apostles in Jerusalem, they didn't think, well, you're saved and you're baptized. You've received the Holy Ghost. They thought you're saved and you're baptized, and now you need to receive the Holy Ghost. So, so they then to them, Peter and John, when they prayed for, pray for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, for as of yet he had fallen upon none of them. How many of them received the Holy Spirit because they were saved and water baptized? Cerro. Niche. Nada. Nobody. Right? For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When they laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. So it can happen simultaneously at salvation. Acts chapter 10, it happened once. But the norm is that you believe and then afterwards you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, remember, Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Luke chapter 11, verse 13. So, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right. The, they had already received the Holy Spirit. Jesus had already breathed upon them. He'd already told them, wait in Jerusalem. This infilling of the Holy Spirit is coming. Right? And it's going to empower you to be a witness. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive, it bears no fruit and helps nobody. Now, notice he said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Right? But my mind 
does not understand. My mind is unfruitful. Right? So when a person is praying in tongues, it's not their mind praying. It's their spirit with the assistance of the Holy Spirit that's praying. Right? So how do we say this? First of all, if you speak in tongues, you can immediately find your spirit. A lot of, the, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 that it's the word of God that can divide between the soul and the spirit. Most people never identify their spirit. Right? But once you speak in tongues, bam, you know, because it didn't come out of your head. It came out of your spirit. In fact, the Bible says your mind is unfruitful or your mind does not understand. So it's the holy, it's you praying, your spirit is praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, this was a real big deal for me because I wanted the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues. So I remember uh, I hadn't been saved very long. Uh, in the church that I was at, they talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and they, they, uh, after one of the services, they took me aside because I said, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they prayed for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They had me sit in a chair. They laid hands on me. And, and it was kind of confusing. First of all, I was confused because I was wanting the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. So what I did was I, I made myself available. I kind of went like this. Now, now I got people praying for me and they're talking to me, you know, one saying, say hallelujah. And the other one saying, don't speak in English. And somebody says, grab hold of God. And somebody else said, let go. I don't know. I was pretty confused, but I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. I did that for like 20 minutes. You say, what happened? My mouth got very dry. And that was it. All right. That was it. And I was waiting for the Holy Spirit. But now look at if I pray, in, who does the praying? I. I do the praying, right? I pray in tongues. It's my spirit that prays, all right? But I do it by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives the utterance, but you do the speaking. But I was waiting for God to speak in tongues. Whenever, listen, whenever there's something supernatural, there's two sides. There's the human side and there's the divine side. Or there's the natural side and the supernatural side. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Looking, you could not heal a mosquito with a broken wing, right? But you lay hands on the sick and God causes them to recover. What you do is natural and active obedience and God does something supernatural, right? Peter's in the boat with some disciples and Jesus comes walking on the water. And Jesus said to Peter, come. And Peter steps out of the boat and starts to walk on the water. Most of us walk every day, right? You know how to do that. It's natural. But God got underneath so he wouldn't sink. That was supernatural, right? There's a, in, in tongues, there's a natural part. You begin to speak, but the Holy Spirit gives you the utterance, right? And again, it's not your mind speaking. It's, it's in your spirit. Your spirit, by the Holy Spirit within you, is praying, right? So he gives the utterance. So, so my experience was this. After those, those 20 minutes that day, uh, I, uh, Jesus said, if you ask, you receive. So I figured I've received. And so I was waiting for God to speak in tongues. I remember saying to God, God, if, if you will speak in tongues, I will go to church every Sunday the rest of my life. 
God, if you will speak in tongues, I will read my Bible every single day, the rest of my life. God, if you will speak in tongues, I will do this, and I will do that, and I won't do this, and I will do that. How many of you ever tried to con God? No. It just doesn't work, by the way. All right? It does not work. But I mean, for a couple of months, this is what I'm doing. Right? And I remember finally, it all kind of came to a head. I was attending Calvin College at the time, and I was in a prayer meeting, and there were probably 20 of us college students, a couple of people with guitars, and we were singing and worshiping, you know, kumbaya, and we were worshiping, and then we were going around this circle, and we were praying, right? And I remember distinctly saying to God, okay, God, you should speak in tongues. And then I said this, I said, God, this is your last chance. (laughs) I'm not serious, I did. I said, God, this is your last chance. If you do not do this, I will. (laughs) He didn't. And I remember like two people away from me. I said, okay, God, I mean it. This is it. And I started speaking in tongues. And And it just flowed out of my spirit. And I thought, I could have done that like three months ago in the chair. Right? But I was waiting for God the whole time. All right? So what are the blessings that come with speaking in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. No one understands him, albeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So first of all, if you are speaking in a tongue or praying in tongues, you're talking to God. That's number one. You are talking to God. How many of you know we call that prayer? And it's good to talk to God. Right? However, it's not your mind that's talking to God. It's your spirit that's communicating to God. And it says no one understands him. How many people understand him? No one understands him. I've had people say, well, I heard that speaking in tongue stuff. It all sounds like gibberish to me. Well, they weren't talking to you. Quit eavesdropping. All right? The Bible says you're not supposed to understand. All right? In fact, the Bible says that my own mind is unfruitful. Right? The, again, we could say it this way. In fact, Weymouth translation says that he speaks divine secrets. Right? We can say it this way, that when you speak in tongues, it's like you have a, a code with God. Right? Uh, um, one of the reasons for victory in the Pacific in the Second World War was that we had broken the code of the Japanese, and they didn't know we'd broken their code. But you know what? When you're, when you're praying in tongues, the devil does not have a clue what you're praying about. It is, it is divine secrets. Not even the devil could understand it. In the fourth verse, it says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Um, you, you may have noticed if you came in the, the back way, and I, I always get mixed up in that building, but I think it's right out here where we're, we've started building the house of hope for girls that have been sex trafficked. Now, if you've been out there, they built, they, uh, they dug the hole. We've got the foundation in and over the next several weeks, you're going to watch the walls going up. It's an edifice. It is something that's built up. And what the Bible is saying is when you pray in tongues, you build up your spirit. Uh, One great scholar said we could actually translate this is that you charge 
your spirit or you charge your battery. Um, many of us has had this happen. Uh, it, it's January. You get up in the morning. You go out to your car. You push the button, and then it goes tick, 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 and that's it. Your battery's dead. What you need to do is go get a car with a battery that's functioning and put the wires across, all right, and charge your battery. Well, literally, when you speak in tongues, you are charging your spirit. You are edifying it. You are building it up spiritually. In fact, in the book of Jude, the 20th verse, it says, but you, beloved, who? You. Building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in tongues. Right? So when you are praying in tongues, you are edifying yourself. You are building yourself up spiritually. And then the 21st verse says, keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and on some have compassion, making a distinction. It talks about winning the lost. One of the things, benefits of praying in tongues is it will give you a burden for the lost. It's amazing to me how many Christians will spend 10, 20, 30 years as a Christian and they never win anybody to the Lord. And all they ever do is focus on themselves. Right? But praying in tongues will give you that, that burden for the lost. But you are charging your, yourself spiritually. You're building yourself up spiritually. I, I remember listening to an evangelist a number of years ago. He said, I had to drive my car from Houston, Texas to Dallas-Fort Worth area, about a five-hour drive. He said, and I, I had read the scripture where it said I, that praying in tongues builds you up. It edifies you. So I said, I'm going to pray in tongues the entire way, five-hour drive. He gets on the road. And it literally is just a straight shot. Just get on the expressway and go. He says, I have no idea how I did it, but I got lost. I got off the expressway and I got lost. He said, but I just kept on praying in tongues. I got back on the expressway, and I arrived home late. And when I got home, I sat in the driveway, and I went, you know, I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything out of that. I'm not edified. He said, Lord, you said I'd be edified, but I don't feel edified. And the Lord spoke to his heart. and just said, well, you are. My word says you are, and you are. He said, well, I don't feel like it. And he felt like the Lord said, well, you are. So he went inside, and his wife said, hey, you know, you got home late. We're supposed to be at church for a prayer meeting. Throw on a sports coat. And let's go. So he puts on a coat and they take off, get to church. They get there a little late and they sit in the back. And they're taking prayer requests. And the woman that's seated in the seats right in front of them lifts her hand and, and she has a request. And the pastor just pointed to him and said, hey, hey sir, you that, that's sitting right behind her, would you just reach out your hand and pray for her? He said, I went to reach out my hand. He said, and it seemed like something jumped out of my hand and hit her and knocked her on the floor. He said, and I looked at my hand and went, I'm edified. <laughs> now, listen, it's not your body that's edified. And it's not your mind that's edified. It's your spirit that's edified. It's your spirit, man. So we need, to, we need to recognize this is a tremendous benefit for speaking in tongues. And let me just say that it, it is a step in learning to trust God. Right? It's a step in learning to trust God. I, I like to say it is literally like the doorway into the supernatural. Jesus said, you will receive power, that dunamis power. 
But in Romans 8, in verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness. We do not know what we should pray for as we should. How many of you have seen somebody and you say, you know, I know they need prayer. Or you hear about a situation and you know they need prayer. And so you say, oh, God, help them. Oh, oh God, you know, send, send, your, send deliverance. Lord, and, and, and you pray for like 60 seconds and you're done. Right? But what the Bible tells us is this, that the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. P.C. Nelson, the, the Greek scholar, said we should translate that cannot be uttered with articulate speech. Right? So, so you don't know how to pray or you run out of things to pray. Uh, I have prayers uh, that I pray every day. Some of those prayers are for you, but I pray every day. Right? And, and it takes me typically eight to ten minutes right, to pray my, 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 my go through like my, my prayer list. And then I'm done, right, in English. But you know what? I'm not done, right, because I start to pray in tongues, and I'm praying according to the will of God. And you can pray for things you do not know, right? He who searches the hearts knoweth the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Uh, yesterday, uh, Jeannie and I went to see our, our son Samuel and his wife Becca and, and their kids. And we were talking about praying in tongues. And they, they said, they, they told us this story. They, it was a, several years ago. But uh, in a particular day, both of them just had a burden to speak in tongues. He was, he was off at work. She was at home. And she just had this burden to speak in tongues. He had this burden to, to pray in tongues. And, and they actually called and said, I don't know what this is, Right? But, but what happened was one of their children drank Drano. Right? They drank Drano. And, and literally, they, they'll have to tell you the story, but there was like a supernatural deliverance that took place. And they figured out afterwards, that's what it was about. That's what that thing on us. And we had, God had us prepare beforehand. Right? Now, in 1 Corinthians 14, and this, what I'm going to share right now, has made a tremendous difference in my life. And I've talked to some other pastors that will just tell you the exact same thing. But it's 1 Corinthians 14. It says, in the law, or in the Old Testament, it's written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people. And yet, for all that, they would not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign. So Paul takes this scripture in the Old Testament and about people of another tongue, and he says it's talking about speaking in tongues. So this verse is found in Isaiah 28, right? So I want to start with the ninth verse, and it asks a question. It says, whom will I make to, know, to teach knowledge, and whom will I make to understand the message? How many of you have like read the Bible and ever thought, I just don't get it? I don't understand it, right? Well, that's basically what it's saying here. Who are we going to reveal knowledge to? And who are we going to make to understand the message? All right? The question is, those just weaned from now? Those drawn from the best? And then it's, this is how revelation comes. Precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. How many of you know you don't grow up spiritually in two weeks? All right? 
You, you, there, there, there is no like miracle grow, spiritual growth. But then here it is. But with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest to which you will cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. And then again, but the word of the Lord to them was precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. All right, now listen. What this is telling us is this. Here's how revelation comes. Here's speaking in tongues. And here's how revelation comes. As you speak in tongues, it literally prepares your spirit for revelation for the word of God. Right? And I know in my life so much of the revelation in God's word that I've received is a result of praying in tongues, and then that revelation comes. Now, notice something else. He said, this is the rest in which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. What it's saying is this, that spiritually, when you are worn out, praying in tongues is the rest. It is the refreshing. Praying in tongues will do you more good than getting away from everybody for a month. Right? This, the Bible says, this is the rest, and this is the refreshing. Right? What is it? It's praying in other tongues. And, and so many of us, we're, we're, we're kind of missing it. Right? We're just doing what we know to do, which is good. Right? Praying in English, but there's so much more. Right? In fact, in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 5, I, I love this. He says, I wish that y'all spoke with tongues. Now, this is Paul. All right. You know he's a Texan, don't you? He says, I, I, I wish y'all, I wish y'all spoke with tongues. All right. But realize this is being, he is being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this. This is God speaking to you and me. He said, I, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Now, one of the things, again, that speaking in tongues does, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, right? Now, what praying in tongues will do is it helps to develop your spirit, right? Uh, when it comes to the spiritual realm, it's the strength that you have in your spirit, right? Uh, we know how to develop the body, right? You, 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 you can get online. They'll, they'll give you the workouts. They'll show you what food to eat, what food to avoid, Right? We can develop our bodies. We know how to develop our minds. You can go to the university, right? And you can, you can get a, a PhD or as many of them as you want, and you can develop your mind. But how do you develop your spirit? How do you develop your spirit? How do you grow and become strong in your spirit? One of the ways is by speaking in other tongues. And again, Jesus in Luke chapter 11 said, as many as ask, receive. And Jesus, the head of the church, he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And, and you may have been taught that it was done away with, that it passed away. I'm just going to tell you that's not true. But listen to Jude chapter 1 and verse 3. Beloved, where I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to exhort you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once... And for all, delivered to the saints. I, I, I had people tell me, oh, all that passed away. 
passed away when the last apostle died. It passed away when we received the Bible. But the Bible tells us that the faith, what we believe, Christianity, what it is, it was delivered once. For how many? For all. Again, in Acts chapter 2, Peter said the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and to your children and to as many as are afar off. That's us. 2,000 years ago, we are those that were afar off. But the promise is to us. It is to us. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.